You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, the daily podcast covering your New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode, I was out at Saints Camp Day 7. So let's hit all the news and notes from the day, including some returning players, as well as some players that were missing, getting some rest. We'll hit all of those notes. Then we'll take a look at the top performances across the positions of need that we've identified before the season started or before the offseason started. Quarterback, wide receiver and cornerback, linebacker, so on and so forth. We'll hit all of those and talk about how those positions specifically performed on day seven. And then we'll wrap up with a look at where the Saints are performing better than where I expected them to be at this point, nearly two weeks through camp. we got all of that coming up on today's episode. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson NOLA on Twitter, co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over on the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Let's start off with some news and notes that you need to know from day seven at camp. You'll notice you didn't hear a lot about a few New Orleans Saints. Uh, Cam Jordan, Teron Armstead, Alvin Kamara, Marshawn Lattimore, Andrus Pete, all of them resting during this practice. Remember, the New Orleans Saints are rotating players and making sure that they're getting rest every four days. So that was the group that rested today. But One of the biggest pieces of the news that I think everybody's very excited about is the return of Quan Alexander to New Orleans. He was at practice today. We saw him at practice working off to the side. He was only focused on conditioning over off to the side, kind of running through some position drills, getting in some cuts. I thought he was moving very well. I think that he was a little bit ginger in between uh, the drills that he was running. But while he was actively moving, I thought that he moved well. So he seems to be progressing pretty well. But Don't expect to see him get out on the field anytime soon. You can tell that there's still some work to be done throughout his acclimation process. You will still see him in number 58, just like you saw him last year. In order to make room on the roster for Quan Alexander, the Saints moved on from Kendall Donerson, who they signed just last week, and Shaq Smith changed his number from 48, excuse me, 58 to 46, opening up the number for Quan Alexander, who'll be back in his 5'8" for the 2021, uh, rest of 2021 training camp and preseason and potentially regular season, of course, as well. Uh, As he was working off on the side in conditioning, he wasn't alone. He was also working with Grant Haley, who made his return to camp. He was gone for the majority of camp that we've been a part of thus far uh, because of an unfortunate death in the family. But he was back at camp today, working alongside Quan, doing some conditioning work. We also saw Deontay Harris get back to practice as well after missing yesterday's practice. And I can tell you that just from seeing him during camp today, it didn't look like he really missed much of a beat. He's still moving around and he's quick. He's doing all the things that you're used to seeing Deontay Harris do. So it didn't seem that there was much concern or anything long lasting from whatever it was that led to him missing those practices. I do want to mention two other players that were not at practice. Nick Vanette was not present. And then Ethan Wolf, both tight ends, also not present. Ethan Wolf expected to miss a week at least with an ankle injury. So because of that, the New Orleans Saints are bringing in, or at least are getting a look at, Jake Peterson, Doug Peterson's son, who of course played tight end at UL Monroe and 
had a pretty nice couple of seasons over there. Played four years there, 99 catches, 11 touchdowns over that time, 1,191 yards. Nine of those 11 touchdowns, though, all coming in the 2019 season, his junior year, where he also had 567 receiving yards. So he's a bit of a receiving guy. There were a lot of talks about him needing to improve as a blocker at the next level, but the New Orleans Saints have done a fantastic job with that. But of course, that tight end room is stacked right now. Garrett Griffin getting a lot of looks. Of course, you've got uh, Nick Vanette, who wasn't present at practice today, but has been a solid uh, staple and part of practice leading up. We'll see how long he's expected to be away, if at long at all. And then of course, Adam Troutman is still your number one tight end. And I have to tell you, he looks fantastic at camp. The guy's ready to arrive. I mean, you can't miss him on the field, not only because of his stature, but just because at his stature, you don't expect him to be able to move as fluidly as he does. And seeing it happen in person is really, really remarkable. So keep your eyes out and be uh, ready. Uh, all the excitement that you're feeling about Adam Trotman thus far is warranted. The next player to watch at tight end is Juwan Johnson. Juwan Johnson's about to prove me wrong. I was a little bit worried that maybe it was going to take him a little longer to adjust to the position to tight end. I thought he would fit there and increase his chances of making the roster there, but I thought it was going to take a little bit more time, but he looks really fluid and he looks like he's very comfortable in his new position and in his new role. And of course, he's been a phenomenal blocker for some time. All right, let's get a little bit more in detail for some other positions of need. Quarterback, wide receiver, cornerback, uh, defensive tackle on the interior. We'll talk about the defensive ends. Who stood out at positions that you care about over on the uh, day seven recap here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And of course, as we continue on, one of the things that's been helping me get through these training camp days is making sure that I have the energy that I need to make it through and also come out here, get these episodes going, all of that. And a big help has, of course, been our good friends over at Built Bar, built.com to go and check out the incredible flavors of protein bars that they have. Protein bars that taste like candy bars. These things are incredible, covered in 100% chocolate, nine fantastic flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie. And then they also have some fruit and chocolate flavors that you might be interested in as well, including orange, raspberry, strawberry, just a bunch for you to check out. So go and check them out now over at built.com. Don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, so that you can get 15% off of your first order or your next order, doesn't matter, over at built.com. Nation, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Real quick, want to let you know, Maddie Hudak and I, noon to three central time tomorrow, ESPN Radio, NOLA, three hours of Maddie and I over on the airways. We're going to be taking over the sports hangovers, so make sure that you check us out and tune in over at 100.3 FM ESPN Radio, NOLA. Thanks so much for all the support. With that, looking forward to being able to do that. I'm used to, I'm used to talking for like 26 minutes. I'm not used to talking for three hours. So we'll see how it goes, but it should be a lot of fun. And of course, uh, Jordan Kleber is going to be uh, chilling out with us as well. All right. I want to get to the day seven recap here and then give you the information that you need to know on important positions for the New Orleans Saints and a bonus position that I care greatly about. Let's start with the quarterback competition. Of course, I have to say it the way that I've been saying it to everybody. And you ask anyone that's been there for multiple days throughout any portion of camp so far, these quarterbacks are not separating. It's a good thing, y'all. It's a good thing. It doesn't mean that neither of them is performing astronomically well. It doesn't mean that. It means that they're both performing well and neither of them are surpassing one another. 
These guys are battling big time right now between these two. And here's what I like about what these quarterbacks are doing. Each of them now has thrown an interception in camp. Shout out to Brand, uh, to Brendan Ertle over at Canal Street Chronicles who put that in perspective. The combination of Jameis and Taysom have thrown two interceptions combined so far in Saints camp. Sam Darnold, 12. I'm pretty sure all of them the J.C. Horn, but 12 in Panthers camp. So trust me, it could be worse. But when it comes down to this training camp or this uh, quarterback battle right now, both of these quarterbacks are being, you're going to not be surprised to hear this, conservative throughout camp. I would say, and maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but I would say that from my perception of being there, about 60% of the catches are going to guys underneath tight ends as well as running backs for the most part. These quarterbacks are taking the smart choices. You saw Jameis Winston today make one not as smart choice as he was rolling out to his left and tried to Brett Favre throwing it into the middle of the field over to the opposite side of his body where Zach Bond would have had what would have been in game a pick six had he been able to catch it. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to come down with it. No qualms at all when it comes to Zach Bond, though, because he's performing extremely well. You also saw Taysom throw an interception in uh, in today's practice. He threw one uh, over the middle. It was a pass, so I believe it was Marquez Callaway. I can't remember exactly who it was to, but it ended up getting knocked out of his hands by Patrick Robinson, fell into the hands of Mario Davis, and into Mario doing some fun stuff uh, to get into the end zone for that one. So they've each thrown an interception. They've each had turnover-worthy plays. They've each hit you know, st- uh, receivers in stride 40 yards down the field. They've each shown that they can operate this offense. Preseason games are going to be extremely telling though. When can you get a look at these guys in rhythm? When can you get a look at them under the lights with pressure on and an opportunity in game situations to see how they handle themselves with a defense across from them that they haven't seen every single day of training camp so far? All right, that's your quarterback competition update as well as some nuggets about what happened with those quarterbacks in camp. Let's talk about wide receivers versus cornerbacks. I have to tell you, Chris Hogan, Jalen McCluskey, those are the two names that are standing out big time. Both of these guys have the opportunity to make the roster for the New Orleans Saints. Gus Kattengill over at ESPN Radio NOLA talked about Chris Hogan being somebody that comes in as a veteran, 34, 33 years old, and being somebody that can sit there and coach up some of these wide receivers on the sideline. And then you see those rod receivers, particularly a guy like Jalen McCleskey, immediately implementing the notes that they're getting from the veterans out on the field. And that's where you see those incredible routes, like what we described in yesterday's episode that Jalen McCleskey ran. You see where those come in. So having the hands ready, uh, coming out of breaks, ready to look, knowing where to go, all of that stuff, Chris Hogan has been extremely helpful with. So him, Jalen McCleskey, two names to watch. Of course, your leaders at the wide receiver right now are still Traquan Smith, Hopefully, they end up getting him back at camp pretty soon. Uh, According to Sean Payton, the expectation there with Traquan Smith's injury was that it wasn't a major one and that they expected to get him back sooner rather than later. Said the same thing about Deontay Harris. Deontay Harris was back today, so I think it's reasonable to expect uh, Traquan Smith would be back sometime fairly soon as well. I'm going to go a little bit more in depth on cornerbacks in just a moment, but I just want to mention Prince of Mukamara as well as uh, Ken Crawley and Paulson Adebo. All had strong practices. Today, Paulson Adivo with another nice pass breakup, continuously uh, performing well in terms of going stride for stride with some of these wide receivers. And that's something I'm going to get into a little bit more because I think that people have a bad habit of diminishing the play of the cornerbacks because of who the wide receivers aren't. We'll talk about that in the next segment more in detail, though. But Prince of Mukamara, a nice strip on Jake Lantman to end one session of uh, one session of team drills, which the defense consistently won, though Taysom and Jameis did make some smarter decisions in the final T 
team uh, team period, if you will, and made some better throws at that point. Defensive tackles to watch, and that stood out today, Christian Ringo, as well as Jalen Dalton, both of them performing extremely well, and Christian Ringo getting some run with the ones in place of David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle. So something to keep an eye out on there as that continues to build. Big number 70, he's been playing extremely well, and of course, bit of a hometown guy as well. Uh, linebackers, um, Zach Bond, Pete Werner, Chase Hansen, all of them had big plays today. Some tackles for a loss when it came to Pete, uh, excuse me, when it came to Zach Bond, as well as that near interception that he had on Jameis Winston. Uh, Pete Werner had a pass breakup in the, and, and also made some plays in the flats. Uh, Chase Hansen was everywhere in the backfield. He was, oh, and you know what? Even Caden Ellis, Caden Ellis also had a nice splash play too, because as he came off the edge completely untouched going after, I believe it was Ian Book. So I think all these linebackers, even with Quan Alexander showing up, they're still going to get the opportunity to show out and they're still making good on those opportunities. And then finally, I want to talk about defensive ends just real quick, Peyton Turner, as well as David Onyemata. Both of them showed out today. Excuse me, Marcus Davenport. Both of them showed out today. Marcus Davenport with what could have been three or four sacks. Peyton Turner with a couple uh, also had some TFLs as well. So both of them performing very well. And just real quick before we get to the next segment, Blake Gillikin punted today, and it was like watching a unicorn frolic in a field of rainbow-colored tulips. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing. And in fact, shout out to my guy Dylan Sanders, at Dilly Sanders on Twitter, who gave me this idea. I'm going to pause for just a moment for how long one of his punts hung in the air. So we're going to say that he's punting now. About that long. About that long. Nothing's perfect, but about that long. I mean, just absolutely incredible. Uh, Blake Gillikin right now is your punter for the New Orleans Saints. Nolan Cooney, he's he's doing what he's got to do, but Blake Gillikin is almost unquestionably for me right now your punter for the New Orleans Saints. But we'll keep track of that competition as well as other competitions all across the New Orleans Saints roster. Coming up next, we're going to talk about where the Saints are better than I expected, though. And we're going to get a little bit more in-depth about what I mentioned about the criticism oftentimes that the cornerbacks are getting, despite the fact that they're playing well. We're going to talk about why they don't deserve that and much more as we continue on with today's episode and wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Get it, Houdat Nation, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints, day seven recap, trying to get you all the details, all the news, all the notes that you need for another exciting day uh, at training camp, Saints training camp, where the New Orleans Saints defense absolutely won this one. And that's where I want to focus. I want to talk about where the New Orleans Saints are better than I expected. I think that the running back situation is even better than I expected, especially after the addition of Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman is consistently out there making plays, getting catches. I think that if the quarterback, or excuse me, if there's a running back competition for the third running back spot between he and Dwayne Washington, Dwayne Washington's getting pushed a little bit. Devontae Freeman is showing all of the different things that he can do as a receiver out the backfield, being able to line up out wide, being able to take a handoff. I mean, doing all the things that you expect a prototypical running back to do, hybrid running back to do inside the Saints system. It's great. And it's helping Ty Montgomery quite a bit as well because he's getting to contribute out at the wide receiver spot. One thing I want to go back and talk about is actually the wide receiver position itself, which is actually better than I expected it to be after the Michael Thomas injury and after they also lost uh, Traquan or had Traquan leave early. Chris Hogan and 
Uh, also, Jalen McCleskey, I have not seen a pass go their way that has hit the ground. That's how good these guys have been. And so oftentimes what I want to do is shout out the defense, particularly cornerbacks like Patrick Robinson and Ken Crawley, Marshawn Lattimore, Paul Sinadibo, uh, even, even Prince Mukamara, who had a nice play earlier uh, in today's practice up against Jake Lantman with the strip to end team drills. And a lot of times when I do that, I often hear people criticize the defensive backs because, yeah, but who are they playing against? Who are the receivers they're going up against? We have to understand that NFL cornerbacks going up against NFL wide receivers is still a task. It doesn't get easier. It certainly gets harder if it's Michael Thomas. I completely understand. But to diminish the corners from making good plays, for showing good traits, the ability to go after the ball, the ability to make plays on the ball in the air, the ability to not get confused in route concepts, to communicate with one another, to go stride for stride with the receiver, to turn their head at the right time, to get their hand in the right placement, to get themselves in the right placement. Who the receiver that they're matching up against is irrelevant when it comes to those things because those are just good fundamental traits. And that's what you're seeing from these corners right now. All the guys that I mentioned, and even Bryce Thompson, who made a phenomenal play in the flats as uh, one of the quarterbacks was trying to dump off to, I believe it was Stevie Scott. And Bryce Thompson just went blazing to the other side of the field. Bryce Thompson, by the way, getting some work at safety as well. So, I mean, I just, I want to talk about that because I think that the defense itself is performing better than I thought that it would. And that's before Quan Alexander is completely healthy and back in the mix when it's still Zach Bond and, and Pete Werner and Cade Nellis and Chase Hansen. Andrew Dowell was also all over the place, tackle for a loss, great plays in the run game. He just understands play flow and understands how to fight through blocks, move laterally, and get after a running back when the ball is in their hands. There's a lot of good traits, a lot of good things that these defensive players are showing you that I personally think are better than I expected. Marcus Davenport, four sacks in this, in this practice, three or four sacks in this practice, a couple just a few days ago as well. I mean, he's lived in the backfield. Peyton Turner has lived in the backfield. Uh, you look at a guy like Jalen Dalton, as well as uh, Albert Huggins and, and Christian Ringo. These guys continue to get into the backfield, even when they're going up against these first team guys. And so I am encouraged uh, to borrow from Sean Payton. Uh, by what you're seeing over on the defensive side in particular. And I'm also encouraged by the decision-making of the quarterbacks, both Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. Neither of them are doing the thing that could separate them, which is putting the ball deep, taking risks, doing all that. Particularly a guy like Jameis Winston, whose arm talent will make you fall in love immediately. I mean, when he's just throwing to receivers and they're just running a fly route and he just guns it downfield for 60 yards through the air. It is a thing of beauty, but he's not risking that in team drills. He's showing his ability to be conservative, to remain uh, you know, reliable and reliant of the guys underneath that can get you five, six yards at a time, making the right decisions. The big lesson that he highlighted that he got from learning from Drew Brees last year, and Taysom Hill has done the exact same thing. Both of them are mitigating risk which are the which is actually the quality that could potentially help them separate one another, but it, the the issue is that it could separate them one way or the other. It could end up being bad news for them, and that's the thing that makes Jameis Winston special is his ability to gun down down the field. But he's not trying to rely on that to win this job. He's trying to run the system, and so I'm encouraged by that from both of these quarterbacks, from both Jameis Winston as well as Taysom Hill. So the bottom line: don't diminish these cornerbacks because of the receivers that they're going up against. 
and don't diminish the receivers either because they played extremely well here throughout camp. And these quarterbacks and their decision-making with the exception of that rollout thrown across the body, which was kind of the one bad decision that we've seen Jameis Winston make so far this uh, this offseason with, uh, within training camp, I think that both of them are performing better than I expected, even though the offense still needs to get into rhythm. And that's not unsurprising at all. That's not, excuse me, that's not surprising at all because you're changing at the quarterback position. And no matter who you're going from and who you're going to, there's going to be growing pains there. And we've certainly seen them. So almost two weeks in the books, not very long left when it comes to New Orleans Saints training camp. To stay up to date with all of it, make sure that you're here with the Locked On Saints podcast. And if you want to make some money, go and check out the Locked On Bets podcast wherever you get your podcast. Check out your boy Q as well as handicapping expert Lee Serling. Get you the pick of the day, wrong team favorite, everything that they cover over at Locked On Bets. We'll be back with you. Just make sure you tune into ESPN Radio NOLA tomorrow to get the more immediate stuff. And I'll have another episode out for you Friday night or Saturday morning uh, before Saturday's camp. And then keep you up to date with everything going on with the New Orleans Saints as we go through. Thanks, y'all, as always, for the support. Loving to see it. I'm very grateful uh, that I get to do this and be a part of everything that we've got going on here. As always, you can find me for everything in between over on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holler at you.